good to see you. Do you want to come and grab a seat? Get your Bible because we're going to be going there pretty soon. All right, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, I don't know if you've ever done, um, you spent your time and your energy doing something and then suddenly realized that all that energy and effort has just basically gone to nothing. You've just been wasting your time. I've I did this once. The one that kind of, as I was thinking about this, came to mind was when I was a, a teenager, late teens, kind of in the sort of post-college university, doing, trying to work during the summer. I had a summer job, strawberry picking. Well, not the most exciting job, but it was one local where we lived that I could go and do. And I remember spending hours in the field with a bunch of other people, picking these strawberries, putting them in punnets so that were then going to be sent off to the supermarket to be sold. And that was kind of one of our jobs. And I remember we were doing it one day, and it was you're working in the sun. It was hard work. And then we got called in by the kind of the, the man in charge. And we were all spread out all over these fields, these rows of strawberries. You've seen them, just lines and lines of them. And we all got called in. And basically he said to us, said, because of the way we'd been picking them, and it was a particular type, I didn't realize there were types of strawberry, apparently there were types of strawberries, I was like, you know, they're just red to me, but there were different types, and because of the way we handled them, they bruised easily, and because of the way we'd handled them and put them in the punnets to be sent to market, they basically had all spoiled, and all the work that we put in picking all these strawberries, which were just racks and racks of them after the hours and hours a day, were basically all just going to be tipped out and thrown away, and there was going to be no, kind of no, nothing was going to come of it, and it was like, what a minute, but they, we got paid by the kind of, by the punnet, we get paid what we've done, and effectively was saying, actually, all your hard work is going to come to nothing, because they're all going to spoil, we can't sell, and we can't make any money from them, and it's kind of like, oh my goodness, we've been out here for ages, working, and there are lots of us there, sweating and hot in the sun, and actually, basically, all that hard work was going to amount to Nothing, zero. And I don't know if you've ever been through a kind of time like that, frustrating, where you've put your energy into something and you've got to the end and something's happened. You thought all that time and energy has been wasted. Wasted. It makes you feel angry and annoyed and cross and frustrated in what you've done. And what we're going to be looking at today is something like that. Putting your energy in the wrong place, which will ultimately lead to nothing, can be a really poor choice in life. And we've started this series that we started last week called What's in Your Wallet. If you missed last week's one, that's fine. You can catch up online. It's on our website. But we started with this idea that um, we live in a very affluent Western um, society. Compared to the world, the population of the world, we are the rich. If you earn over 20, 26,000 pounds a year is our average UK salary. That puts you in the top 1% of earning capacity in the world. 26K a year. Even if you're kind of on minimum wage and you earn about 13,000 a year, that still puts you in the top 5 or 6% of the planet's earning capacity. And we live in a very wealthy society where there's money, but also what comes with money in terms of our health care and our choice and all these other things. And this has an effect on our life. And we need to be aware of that. We are living in the land of plenty. When you compare us globally, we have so much compared to so many. And we need to take aware of that. And what we looked at last week was this whole idea of loving. What do we love? If you love money, we found it leads to disaster. That was kind of the big idea of the first sermon. If you love money, it leads to disaster. We looked at the story of the rich young ruler. 
Jesus had an encounter with this man. He said, what must I do to have eternal life? God put his finger on his problem was that he loved his possessions, his stuff, the stuff money could buy, all that, more than he loved Jesus. And he ended up walking away from him. And we actually talked about what's in our wallet. There should be a health warning in our wallets that actually says this is dangerous money. It can be used very well, but it can also be used very badly and it can destroy us. And so we're on the second part of our series uh, today. We're looking at serving. Um, I recommended a book last week, this one, called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn, a very short book which is really helpful in this whole area of money, possessions and stewardship. Um, And I gave a copy away and I'm going to give another copy away today. So do you want to check on your seat? If you've got some chocolate coins under your seats, have a look around. If you've got an empty chair next to you, look. Helen, you've got some chocolate coins. I was looking there because I knew it where it was. Um, Joe, would you go and give this to Helen for me? Thank you. Please take it, read it, then pass it on to someone else. Enjoy it. If you haven't got it, go on Amazon, find it. The Treasure Principle by Rani Alcon. Excellent book to read and just digest on this thing. Because I'm talking about money and possessions, a few caveats. I said this last week. I'll say it again this week. We're not about to suddenly take up an offering. The plate isn't going to go around. I'm not going to do that. The church is not short of money. I'm not looking for a raise. That's not happening. I'm talking about it because it's an important issue to talk about. It's the idol of our age. And what it means, when we poke this idol, it makes us uncomfortable. I noticed that last week. There are those moments in the sermon when everything goes deathly quiet. And you know that some people, it's, something's having an effect. And it's going to continue this week and subsequent weeks. I'm going to poke the idol of our age, which makes us uncomfortable. It's made me uncomfortable studying this, thinking, oh my goodness, what does this mean for my life? What does this mean for my family? What does it mean to my attitudes towards money and possessions? So that's what we're going to be doing today. If you've got a Bible, can you go to Matthew chapter 6, please? Matthew chapter 6. This is part of uh, a section in Matthew called... Referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7. If you don't have a Bible, it'll appear on the screen behind, and I will read it to you. This is Jesus in chapters 5, 6, and 7. Jesus is outlining kind of his new kingdom that he's come to inaugurate, and he is a, is a continued block of teaching in Gospel of Matthew all about what this kingdom is like. Lots of countercultural stuff, challenging stuff, but there's one section in it for us that we're going to look at. We're going to look at the section after next week. Um, about that particularly pertains to this whole idea of money possession. So let me read it to you. It says, this is Jesus speaking. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, big idea today. Serving money is a waste of time. And leads us away from Jesus. Serving money is a waste of time and it leads us away from Jesus. Okay, number one. Three points today. First one. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Jesus says, do not lay up treasures on earth. Why? 
Well, in our modern parlance, we'd say it's a bad investment. If you're going to invest in something, you want to return on that investment. You want to reap some rewards. You want to get something back. That's the point. If you're investing in it, you want to get out. If you know it's not, nothing's going to come back, or you're going to end up with less, or it's going to cause you problems or strife, it's a bad investment. And Jesus outline, outlines why laying up treasures on earth is a bad investment. The first thing he says, it won't last. What does he say? It says, Moth and rust destroy. What he's pointing at is in those days, the, what would have been kind of the sign of affluence, opulence, what you could spend money on would have been fine clothes, which ultimately the moths would have come and eaten and they'd have just turned, got holes in, turned to rags. Or the rust, metal, precious things, it would ultimately the rust would come and destroy them. So what you've got will not last. Basically, it will mean lost to Yonah. Storing these things, ultimately, they've got a shelf life. They're going to fall apart. They're going to wear out. They're not going to have any lasting value. It's actually foolish to regard them as lasting anyway. The reality for us is everything you own, just do a mental inventory of your home, what you've got, you've got on, on you now, it's all going to end up in a landfill. Isn't it? We on Friday's my day off, and Melanie and I, because we're crazy people, we did some of our jobs on our day off, and we went through my wardrobe because um, we hadn't done it for years and years. And my, it was just there was just stuff in there. He said, "Right, we're going to sort out your wardrobe." And we went through the clothes and the t-shirts, and, and there was basically this is the keep pile, and this is the discard pile. And we found things in there like, like that are like 15 years old. You know, they're just stuff that was at the back at the bottom. And they were shirts and T-shirts and all sorts of other bits and pieces. And they kind of went in a pile. And I said to Mel, well, they can go to the charity shop. And she just looks at me and says, they are not good enough for the charity shop, some of those. And I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of like. But then you kind of reflect on this pile of effectively rags. And I think they were new at some point. They were T-shirts that I liked or clothes that I wore that now are extremely uncool or have got holes or stains in them or whatever. And they kind of, we took them down to the recycling center and tucked, you know, threw it in the the rag kind of bin so they could get recycled and a few of the ones that are okay went to we donated to a charity shop but it's actually they were new clothes at some point but they haven't lasted just a tiny fraction of time number of years and they were suddenly worn out and they were ready to go away and that's the reality with us everything we have on day will just wear out and be thrown away what now is new and exciting and cool it's not going to last the second thing he says what we store up on earth can be taken Thieves can come and steal it. I don't know if you've ever experienced theft. It's a horrible thing. I remember the one time it kind of really happened to us was just after we were married when our car was broken into and the stereo was stolen out of the car. Okay, it's not a huge thing, but it's still something that I remember quite vividly. And the cassette player, that just dates it, doesn't it? Even, in, even there weren't a lot of cassette players around back then, but the cassette players, you know one of those, the ones that you could just slot in and out? They whipped that out. And they took a bunch of the tapes that went with it. Ironically, they were all Christian ones, you know, thinking, maybe, Lord, there's a way to their salvation through that. I don't know. It's ridiculous. But they took it, and they broke one of the rear windows of the car. And it was an old car, but it was our car, and we loved it. And they did a whole bunch of them on the road. And when we phoned out the police, they kind of said, just to report this, they said, well, a whole bunch of them are gone. But you felt that violation. It had been taken. Something for us, and it was gone. And then we drove around the car, and it was just an empty hole in the front. Um, after that, but actually, what we got on earth, it can just be taken. 
It can be stolen. It can be removed from us. It can be something we have and is very precious. Someone else can come along and take it. So it won't last. It can get taken. Also, at the end of the day, it's just plain stupid. It's just plain stupid. It's just a bad investment piling up treasures on earth. Because even if you manage to safeguard them so they don't wear out because you look after them, so they last a long time, or you protect them from thieves with alarms or whatever you have, some sort of safe skid, one day you're going to die. And you're going to leave it all behind. It's all going to be left there. A guy called John D. Rockefeller, I don't know if you've heard of him, who is possibly the richest American who ever lived. He died in 1937 with a massive fortune. In today's money, they reckon it was just shy of 400 billion it would have been worth. So he was fabulously wealthy. And after his death, this, the story goes that someone questioned the lawyer who was dealing with his estate after his death. And they said, how much did John D. leave? To which the lawyer replied, all of it. He left it all. He built up this treasure on earth and he left it all behind because he died. And what Jesus is poking at here is actually what are you putting your focus on? Are you building up treasures in the here and now or are you looking to what is eternal? Are you building in the transient or are you looking to something that will one day last forever? He's not saying we shouldn't be wise with money. He shouldn't say we wouldn't work hard. He's saying it's not wrong to earn a wage. He's basically saying, are you worldly minded? Are you focused on accumulating earthly treasures here and now? Is that the goal of your life? That's what you're seeking to serve. Is that what you're pushing after? Is that what you're seeking to grow? Is that where your time and energy is thought is going? Because if you do, it's just dumb. It's a bad investment. It won't last. You can't take it with you. It's going to wear out. It's going to be destroyed. What are you doing with your life? If earthly success is the aim of your labor, then you are misguided in what you're doing. And ultimately the results of that will be negative. And this isn't just something for us in the rich. It's not just a rich thing. It affects all strata of societies that we're aiming for more and more. It's a human condition. But we concentrate on this life and this earth and that's what we're doing. And Jesus is asking, is your treasure eternal? Is your treasure eternal? Because if you have treasures in heaven, which he contrasts the treasures on earth, which wear out, what does he say about them? They can't ever be lost. They can't wear out because they're eternal. No thief can come and get them because they're in heaven. God's, that's with God. No, no one can come and take them from you when they're there. They're going to last. They're going to last forever. They're going to last for eternity. And when he's talking about spiritual treasures, treasures in heaven, there's a broad meaning to this. What can we kind of send ahead? What can we take on? We can talk about holiness of character or obedience to God's commandment in this life, lives we've affected, people we've pointed to Jesus, people who've become Christians, people we've seen grown up in the faith, all those things, the poor we've helped, everything else in life. But in this context, He's particularly focusing on our possessions and our money. That's what he's talking about. What are you doing with your stuff for God's kingdom? What are you doing with it? How are you investing in his work, his thing on this earth? How are you doing that? Because doing that builds up treasures in heaven. And that, he says, is something that we should pursue. Rather than pursuing stuff on earth, accumulation of stuff for ourselves, how are we pointing that to heaven? And I want to leave you just with a challenge. Just try this 
for a week. Start today. Try this for a week. Whenever you start using some of your stuff, whatever that is, most of you, probably before you leave this building, you'll have looked at your phone. So that's, some, that's one thing, or a tablet if you've got that with you. You're probably going to drive in your car on the way home, I imagine. And then when you get home, you're obviously in your house, which is full of all your stuff, whatever it is. You've got your technology stuff, like your TV and your laptop and your computer and your tablet and your phone. You've got all your clothes. You've got all the other possessions. When you use them, I want you to try this. It's going in a landfill. Every time you pick out your phone, where's my phone? Here it is. Just to keep the eye on the time. Next time I'm going to tweet, update my Facebook statement, I want to say landfill. Landfill. Every time I get in my car, scrap heap. Scrap it. That's where it's going. It's just going in a scrap heap. When I turn on my phone, I turn on my telly at home, that's where it's heading one day. My clothes, my nice clothes, new t-shirt. This is my Christmas t-shirt from my in-laws that was too big that I gave back and said they get a new, smaller size. I only got it two weeks ago. Um, got the, post, the parcels through the post and it was just for my birthday and it said Happy Christmas. And I thought, has mother-in-law really lost it now? Is, she, is this the moment when we have to just call up? And I go and I said, oh no, it's a t-shirt I got at Christmas. I haven't got back. I've now got it back. It's new. Do you like it? I don't care. I love it. <laughs> so it's my new t-shirt. This is, going, this is charity shop. It's going in the rag bin at some point. It's just, that's where it's all heading. I can't put my trust. I can't, I can't build my life on getting more of this stuff. So I challenge you this week. Try that for a week. Just try that every time, just to see if you can shift your perspective slightly. Remind yourself that building up treasures on earth for their, for their sake is ultimately useless. It will gain you nothing in life. All right, the next thing. I told you this is fun, isn't it? <laughs> Turn to the person next and say, I'm really enjoying this. This is so good for me. <laughs> number two. Number two. Your money follows your heart. Verse 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When he talks about the heart, what, when the Bible talks about the heart, what it's talking about, it's not talking about the muscle in your chest, the pump. It's talking about, it, it refers to the seat of your emotions, your desire, your will, who you are, your very person is buried in there. So when it talks about your heart, it's kind of referring to who you are, taking that kind of wide view. So he's saying, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. There will be the focus of your life. And I thought about it like this. When I was um, young, I was in the Cub Scouts, and one of the things they teach you in the Cub Scouts is how to use a compass. One of those compasses. You ever seen the compass with the arrow on the top, and it's got the dial with the two bits, and it keeps moving. And what does a compass do? What does the arrow on the compass do? Where does it always point? North. It's always pointing north. And no matter which way you turn it, the arrow kind of moves. And it's always pointing north. And you use it on a map, if your direction or if you're out, so you kind of, okay, let's just get my bearings. If that's north, then I know to go this way or that way. Or you can work out on a map. Money is like that for your life. It's like a compass for your life. Because no matter what you say or where you go, it will always point to your treasure. It will always ultimately point to where your heart is. And no matter what you try and do on the outside or what you say, or how you act, it's ultimately going to find you out. And same with the compass. I can turn my compass this way and say, I'm going to go this way, but the arrow is always pointing, okay, north over there. No matter what I do, it's going to keep pointing me back to my treasure. 
And the point there is actually wherever you store your, wherever your money goes, that ultimately reveals your heart. What you do with your money, what you do with your stuff reveals something about you. It reveals your heart. It reveals who you are and what you value in this life. And the place we've chosen to, to make our treasure says something about us as individuals. It says something us about families. It says something us about people. And no matter what we do, we're ultimately going to put more of our treasure where, we, where our heart is, what we value, what we look to, what we're loving over there. And our life will be orientated around that. And Jesus puts his finger right on it and says, where your treasure is, there's your heart. Here's a challenge for you this week, as well as the other one, which I know you'll enjoy. Here's a fun one. Go through your bank statement. Kind of internet banking, online, or they send it through the post. What do you spend your money on? What do you spend most of it on? And then think about this, because sometimes you can get around this. What do you spend your money on, and then what do you use that for? Because you could spend lots of money on food and eat it all yourself, or you could spend lots of money on food and then use it to share. So there's differences there. But there's a challenge for you. Go through your bank statement and just think, what does this reveal about my heart? What does this reveal about what I value in this world? What does this reveal about where my treasure is? And just do a little diagnostic work on yourself. And you think, okay, Holy Spirit... You and me, bank statement. Just us, no one else is around. Go through it all. Make some discerning questions. Ask yourself some prickly things. Because if what Jesus says is true, and I think it is, where my treasure is, there's my heart. So what I'm spending my money on will tell you a lot about my heart and where I am in all these things. Last one. How you handle your money affects your entire life. It has a huge knock-on effect this Jesus has this, he suddenly shifts in his speaking there. He talks about the eye and the body and light and darkness. And basically what he's saying is, if we just work through this image, he's saying the eye is kind of really important to your body. It's a very small part. In, but if you lose your eyesight, if you lose, if you lose that, it will affect everything else. If your eye is bad... The word bad there actually kind of means morally corrupt. He's saying if your eye, there's something wrong with your eyes, actually that will affect your entire body. You just think about that practically. If I put a blindfold on you and the rest of your body was functioning just fine and I said, go and get a tea and coffee and a pastry, it would be extraordinarily difficult just to get out of here, get there and then get back without tripping over, spilling because there's, one, there's something wrong with your eye. And Jesus said if your eye... Is, function, is not functioning and there's no light going into it, which is effectively what sight is now. We know scientists tell us it's the light coming in so we can see. Your whole life will be in darkness. So if your eye is dark, your entire life is dark. And the point Jesus is making is how you deal with your money and how you live with it affects your entire life. It's got a massive knock-on effect. And light and darkness in... In our Bibles, it's not just the light and the dark like the lights in the ceiling here. It actually pushes on to spiritual light and spiritual darkness. That's usually often what the image is for. 
And so actually he's saying, so when he says at the end how great is the darkness, he's pointing actually there is a spiritual dynamic to this in our lives. How we use our money and the effect it has on our life. It can have a positive effect, light, godliness, holiness, purity, all those things. Or it can have a negative effect in terms of darkness and what that means. And that will then have a huge effect on our life. And it will lead to darkness. And people in Jesus' story, Jesus' parable, people who end in darkness at the end of it, that's never a good result. That's never a good ending. And actually, so misuse of money can lead to huge disaster. We know that in life, in one sense, actually, because you've got debt. You can get in debt. You can get bankruptcy. You get all sorts of negative things. But even beyond that, he's saying there is a spiritual dynamic of how we use our money and the life how it can affect our entire life, which is just huge for us. Here's another challenge for you, some questions that you can ask yourself. We saw last week, loving money, how dangerous that can be. Well, here's a question to ask yourself. How are you handling your money now? What are your spending, saving habits, if you have them? What are they? How are you handling that? Is debt an issue for you and there's kind of two ways to look at that you've got kind of most of us are probably in debt in terms of a mortgage of a house that's kind of normal we're paying that off there's a kind of a managedness to that you pay it over you know a staggeringly long period of time did you know more apparently mortgage means death grip mortgage, you know they, what if they called it that there'd be a lot less of us wanting to say oh, i'll have a death grip for the next 30 years around my throat while i pay off this extreme amount of interest to buy this home but there's a managedness in that but what about kind of the other side where we debt on credit cards and store cards and just overdrafts and da, 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 da. how are you doing in that area are you living within your means because just a general having a general handle on your finances can have a huge effect on your life a massive percentage of relationship breakdowns occur over money and just the difficulties associated with money. Either having a lot of money suddenly comes into you. You hear those stories about the lottery winners. What invariably happens to them? They end up worse off than they started, so many of them, in horrible states and these tragic stories. But at the same time, you've got lots of money, but also actually having little money and what you spend on can have huge effects and ramifications on relationships and families. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a way to sit down. If you're doing the bank statement thing or what are you spending, actually just think about your money, your finances. How am I doing it? If debt is an issue to you, we can put you in touch with people who are excellent and debt counselors working that through. It's no, no situation is irredeemable, but actually have a look at it. Are, is this an area that is affecting your life? Is the light that's going in, to use Jesus' imagery, bringing darkness, or is there actually light going in there and how you're handling your finances and what you're doing in there? Who are you serving in this area? And the last one, kind of the summary statement at the end of this short passage, Jesus makes it really stark. Basically, who are you going to serve? He says to his followers. Because no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It is impossible to serve God and money. You cannot serve two masters, Jesus says. You must 
have one as your master. And there is a stark choice Jesus gives you, a binary option, one and a zero. Which one do you want? There's no fence, there's no middle ground, there's no gray area, there's no, well, I'll, you know, well, I'll try and hedge my bets on this. Or How about 60-40, you know, 50-50? No, you've got to make your choice. And we saw this last week uh, with that parable of the rich one ruler. It was wholehearted Devotion to Jesus was what he was after. Wholehearted obedience, wholehearted discipleship. And we saw that last week the rich young ruler chose stuff. He chose the things of this world. He chose money. He chose his possession, his home, his position of influence. Whatever it was, he wanted that over Jesus. He chose that over him. And Jesus come back in another section here in Matthew saying, actually you cannot serve God and money. You've got to give one of them your primary allegiance. You've got to put one at the top, and whatever one's at the top will then dictate how you deal with all the other ones underneath. And if you serve money, in older translations it uses the word mammon, which just describes that kind of wider of all our material possessions, all the stuff in our life that we've accumulated on this earth, our home and our cars and our jobs and our clothes and our holidays and all these things. What are you going to serve And the reality is none of those things are bad. They're all good things. Having a salary, having a home, clothes, food, all these things are good things. The problem is when they become God things. That's the problem. When they take that place and they take God's place and actually the good thing becomes a God thing leads to disaster. And Jesus is saying very clear, you have to be, pick pick your side. Pick one or the other and be devoted to it. Wholehearted, devoted to it. And the alternatives are disastrous. You lay out treasures on earth, they'll eventually be worn out, destroyed, which means you'll have to accumulate war. They will never satisfy you. They'll never you know, meet the needs that you're offering. Only God can meet that because he's the one who created you. You can't serve God and money. You need to be devoted wholeheartedly to one. I mentioned this quote last week and I, didn't, I couldn't remember where it came from. I found it uh, in one of my commentaries. And so I'll just read this out to you just as a kind of, to, to crystallize this. It says, well, this commentator says, Many perceptive observers have sensed that the greatest danger to Western Christianity is not, as sometimes alleged, prevailing ideolo- ideologies such as Marxism, Islam, the New Age, or even humanism, but rather the all-pervasive materialism of our affluent culture. Let me read that again. Many perceptive observers have sensed that the greatest danger to Western Christianity is not, as is sometimes alleged, pervading ideologies of Marxism, Islam, the New Age, or humanism, but rather the all-pervasive materialism of our affluent culture. Church, it's the air we breathe. It's, It's just... The thing around us that infects us all the time. I was reading in my um, Bible this morning and uh, Jesus warned about the teaching of the Pharisees as like the leaven that goes in the, the dough and it infects it all. This is being the culture and it's like that. It just, it's there and it just infects us in every possible way. It infects our thinking, affects our attitudes, how we raise our kids, how we do our job. All these things, it just infects us. And we need to hopefully just take, use this, use God's word to take a step back and review life because the reality is we're not going to suddenly change the culture it is what it is it's it's moving in a certain direction we're part of it but how we live in that is huge 
how we react to that is huge. And the only way we can do that well is look at what the Bible says about it and then respond to that in faith and what God's calling to you. And I know even as I'm speaking now, there's things God's highlighting in your life. God's things God's putting kind of his finger on and saying, hey, I think we need to have a conversation about this. And the purpose of this series, I remember as I was thinking, praying about it, putting it together, actually my, my ultimate aim is for us to be talking about this. That's what I want. I want us to have conversations about this. Conversations in our life groups, conversations in our families, conversations among friends, talking about this area and actually what does it mean for me? What does it mean for us? How do I live in this culture as part of it but not of it? I'm here but actually I don't want to live like it. I want to live following Jesus. So let me remind you of some of the challenges that I've put down and some suggestions and then we will finish for today. Okay, some of the challenges I said. You've probably all written this down because you're that keen. But I will say it again in case you missed it. First one, when you look at your stuff, just for this week, say, this is going in a landfill. (laughs) This is going to the scrap heap. This is going to end up in the charity shop, whatever it is you're using, particularly if there's something you're, you're really excited about, the new phone, the new car, the whatever it is, you know. Say that just to see if you can realign your perspective. How about going through your bank statement and just doing some checking on where is my heart by what I spend on and not just what I spend on, what I use, what I've spent it on for. What does that mean for us? And then actually ask the question, how are you handling your money now? Are you managing to live within your means? Are you, are you, are you, have you got spiraling debt? How is, it, how is it working? Is it something you can say, I've got a handle on, I've got a control on this, I'm on top of this or is it on top of you? Is it running your life or are you in control of this? I encourage you to talk about this in your life groups this week. If you're married, talk to your spouse. If you're single, grab someone you trust and just talk to them and say, look, this is where I'm going. This is what's happening in my life. And having conversations about this. If you've got your wallet with you or your purse, do you want to take it out? Did this last week, we can do it this week, we can do it the rest of the, of the series. Okay, what's in your wallet? Well, last week, I suggested from what the text had said, what needs to be in our wallet is a health warning. Because <laughs> this is dangerous. Look at your wallet, look at your purse. Say, this is dangerous. Say, this is dangerous. <laughs> this can destroy me. If used wrongly. Okay, that's last week. What about this week? Look at your wallet or your purse, whatever it is. I can't take this with me. I can't take this with me. This is going to end up in a landfill. (laughs) Or a scrapyard. Or the charity shop. What I use this on reveals, come on, what I use this on, Sarah got it, reveals my heart, shows me where my treasure is. I cannot serve this and Jesus. I cannot serve this and Jesus. I choose 
Jesus. That's the hard one. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus over this because we are up against everything in our culture that would try and knock you off that. You just have to go home and turn the telly on. They'll be full of adverts. Even the ones on the billboards outside, the culture, everything on the internet is trying to push you into spending and doing and building your life on something that will never last. It will never last. And you've got a moment here. I'm going to pray, we'll get the band up, we're going to sing, we're going to put our eyes on Jesus, where we actually say afresh, say again. And you might be a believer here, and you might say, well, I've been a believer for many, many years, and I kind of know this, but let's just do it again today, humor me. Humor and say, come on, we're going to follow Jesus. So band, do you want to come up? Do you want to stand up? And I'll just lead you in a prayer response, and then we're going to sing. Maybe you want to just close your eyes. And this is applicable to all of us. If you're not a believer here, this is just as applicable to you. You've got to choose who you serve in this world. I submit to you the best choice is Jesus. <laughs> I really do. But if you're a follower of Jesus here, you've got to make that choice. And I'm, I'm just encourage you, why don't you make it again with me today? You might think there's all these other questions you've got to ask, all these things going in your life. You've got to, I've got to go and look at that. I've got to think about that. Fine. But let's just make a decision here. You know what Jesus asked us to do? Make some decisions. Once you make a decision about something, it's amazing what follows after it once you've made the commitment. You think, well, I might not be there there, but if I make the commitment now, then actually I can follow through as time goes on and I can work some things out. And so I'm just going to pray that we'd be a people who would choose to serve Jesus over money. And I know for many of us, I know I've done it where you kind of you feel your life getting pulled back by the flow of culture and the incessant bombardment of things of this world and the gratification they promise, which never ever materializes. And we, we, we kind of we like being pulled away. And actually, let's make a statement here. Let's do something in God now that says, actually, no, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and I'm not going to serve money or what it can buy me or the possessions or the position it gets me or the acceptance it gets me or the whatever, I'm going to choose and serve you above all things. How about that? Holy Spirit of God, I pray as you come, fill your people now by your Spirit. Come fill us. Lord God, we want to say where we have, where we have chosen to serve the things of this earth over you, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We repent of our sin. We turn away from that. And we say today, we choose to follow you. We choose to put our faith and trust in you. We don't choose to put our faith and trust in things that will not last of this earth. We, we choose to put our faith and trust in the things that will last for eternity. We choose to orientate our life to build up treasures in heaven. And all that is, Lord. And we choose to use the things of this world, enjoy them for what they are, the good things, the good gifts you give. But actually, they never take your place as number one. Your place is God. Lord, we thank you for blessing us so much. Lord, but we, we, we say today, we choose you and we put everything else in its rightful place. The home, the car, the job, the, the stuff in the home, the stuff we can use at the places we go, all those things, God, we choose to put them in their place under you and you alone are first, Lord. You said you can't choose to serve God and money or it's impossible to serve them both we choose to serve you Lord Jesus 
we choose to serve you today. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.